Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 236. This is also the seventh installment to our Moving Diary series and our first one since September, correct? Yes. So it has been a while. And I think it's just because whenever we do our Moving Diary series, you know, we want to have something interesting, something new that's happened, something, you know, some kind of realization that we've kind of come to that we want to share. And for today, I think our newest realization is just that there are things that we didn't expect. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What has surprised us, what we haven't expected about living by Disney, and just some of the some of those off the wall things that maybe, you know, are different. So before we get into that, there's a couple of housekeeping notes that we want to mention. First off, we lied. We said on Instagram that we were not doing an episode this week, but we were driving to Disney tonight and just sparked up this conversation about things that we were surprised about in Orlando. So we said, let's go home and record this and release it because you guys have loved our moving diary so far and we really enjoy making these just because if it's something, if it, if this move is something that you are considering in the future or if you're just interested in what it's like living near the theme parks, we certainly love creating that type of content. The other piece of news that we, or that gets the update that we want to share is that you may have noticed over the last couple of episodes, some of our audio sounded pretty bad in some spots. And we try to take great pride in putting out the best product that we can every single time. Sometimes technology gets in the way. We had a few technology issues. This move has really screwed us up. Some things got back ordered that we needed. It's all excuses just to say that we didn't put out the best audio. We have always been of the opinion that the content is more important than quality. Of course, they go hand in hand. So we put out the episodes, but we apologize if it was not the normal listening experience that you're used to from us. So with that being said, we think all of our issues are solved now. These are two brand new microphones that we're talking on at this point. So let us know if you hear any static or any background noises or anything like that, because we want to make this as enjoyable as possible. And I think now more than ever, when like even if you listen to radio, a lot of these hosts are doing it from their homes and you can tell a lot of different sound quality issues come up. Um, so I think people are more in tune with that than ever. So we're going to put out the very best quality product that we can. But bear with us. We're sorry if we lost anybody over those last couple episodes. But hopefully it was still a fun conversation. You can make it through some of those static issues and, and other things going on. I will have to say, though, the corgis will probably stay. Because I don't think there's anything we can do to get rid of some of that background noise. So the quirky stay, hopefully the rest is gone. Yep. And we try to edit it down. We try to do everything that we can to make it as clean and as enjoyable to listen to as possible. But we're always looking for feedback if there's something that we could do differently or something, um, you know, to just make it more enjoyable, please let us know. 
we can't really change like the cadence of our voice or the way that we talk, <laughs> but uh, any of the technical things, please let us know. So moving past that, hopefully you stuck with us through that and we won't have any issues going forward. But this moving diary episode. So we both have three things that over the past seven months, we moved down in June. So the past seven months of things that have surprised us about living in Orlando and specifically living right next to Disney World. And I think we had a lot of preconceived notions about what it would be like down here. And I would say we were 90% correct. I mean, we thought about this for a really long time. Your sister lived down here, so we got a little bit of taste of that whenever we would come and visit her. Now, I would say we got most of it correct, but some things we did not. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny when you suggested this as something to talk about or something that you were just, you know, pondering. Because, like you said, for 90% of the things, I would say that it's lived up to the expectation. You know, we love it being, you know, first and foremost. We love living here now that it is almost December. Well, I guess, yeah, it's not December yet. Oh, gosh. I don't even know when it is. But now that it's into the winter months, like the weather has turned out to be exactly what we were hoping for. The dogs love it. We love it. Like, it's matched up. But once we started to really sit down and think about it, there are just a few little quirky things that we thought would be fun to mention. So you kick us off with your first kind of realization of what has been different than what you expected. Okay, so the first thing that has changed for me is that Disney has become, for me, more of like a hobby, And that's kind of a weird thing to say because Disney is a vacation spot. You know, it's a place where you relax and you recharge and, you know, you get to be with family and all those other great things. But I think because we're so close, I've almost changed my mindset to be like, this is just what I do for fun. Like, it's so funny. Even the kids at school will ask me, you know, Miss Wright, what is your hobby? What do you do after school? What do you do for fun? And literally the only thing I can ever think of is Disney. You know, like we go after school, we go on the weekends, we go any chance we get. And it's really changed from just being like that vacation spot to being just what I consume all the time, where I always want to be, where we always go, where we eat, all those things, where we see friends. So, I mean, it's it's just an interesting perspective, I think. So what were our hobbies back in Tennessee? I think that's what I struggle with is. We've never really had a hobby like this before. Like, I fished a little bit. Mm-hmm. I play golf a little bit. I play video games a little bit. But we've never really had something in common that gets us out of the house on a regular basis, I think. So it's almost been a weird thing where, yeah, Disney used to be our vacation spot. We'd come three, four times a year and use it as a recharge. But when we were at home, we kind of stayed pretty low key. We're both homebodies. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily need to get out of the house to to entertain ourselves. <laughs> but now we are doing that much more often, of course, by going to the parks. So I don't know. It's It's almost in some ways, I think it's I don't want to say overwhelming is not the right word. It's a little bit daunting, though. It's just it's just such a change 
because we are being much more out and about than we previously ever have been. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like we're always busier and it's not like we're necessarily busy. You know, it's not like we have appointments to go to Disney and it's stressful or anything like that, but it does put more on our plate, you could say, which is so funny because it's like, okay, Thursday after school, I'm going to Epcot. You know, I have plans Thursday after school, whereas typically I would have no plans after school. I mean, I guess really, if we think about hobbies, last year my hobby would have been being a cheerleading coach because I feel like that's all I did. So I traded that in for Disney, I guess. Yeah. That's the only other hobby I can even think of. I guess that makes sense. But I, I do think that's, I didn't realize it until you said it, but that is what Disney has become now. It's our hobby. It's just, it's an identifying factor of, who we are and how we spend our time. Yeah. So what's on your list? The first thing that I thought about, and we briefly discussed this off air and then we tabled it so that we could talk about it on air is that I feel like when I'm in the parks, I have such a hard time distinguishing who is a local and who is there on vacation. And I think it's more just me projecting what I'm experiencing because previously when we were on vacation, I would have said every single other person there was on vacation too. They're all staying at resorts. They're all doing things the exact same way that we're doing things. And that was just how I viewed everybody. Now I almost feel like the exact opposite that I feel like almost everybody I see is a local. And I know that's not true, but I still have no idea what the percentage is at any given time. (laughs) So this has almost turned into like our game almost is like, we like to people watch. We've talked about that before. It's fun for us to just sit and kind of take everything in. So now it's almost like we're playing, okay, tourist versus local. Have you pinpointed anything or is just something that you think about? It's just something that I think about. I think it's more about, I guess you pay attention more to things more like clothes. Yes. I don't. I don't notice things like that. Well, you know what made me think about that, honestly, was we were with our friends Sarah and Jeff from Adults in Disney, and they pointed out you can tell who is a local, especially during this time of year, and who is a tourist based off of what they're wearing. Because it might be 70 degrees outside, which is great weather, but a local or a true Floridian is going to be wearing something like jeans or a long sleeve shirt. And heaven forbid it gets down to 60 degrees, you're wearing a full on sweatshirt. Like I thought about tonight, <laughs> which is so funny. But a tourist is going to be in the mindset of, I am in Florida. I am on vacation. I am pulling out the shorts and the t-shirt no matter what. Yeah, I... I... I'm normally very observant. I just don't notice anything like that for some reason. I think for me, a lot of what I pay attention to is pace. And obviously our pace has slowed down significantly than when we were vacationers. And now I'm having trouble. Like you can see some families that are go, 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 go. And you're like, they're on vacation. Like they spent a lot of time and a lot of money to get here. They went through a lot of effort and they're trying to pack everything in that they can to this vacation. 
Whereas other people that you see that are strolling and taking things more in, I almost have a hard time pinpointing, are they just like really big Disney fans and they're really taking in the story, like something that we love to do? Or are they locals and they do this, you know, twice a week and it's just become regular and and part of their routine? So I guess really what my point is, I expected to be able to pinpoint it a lot easier than I have been. And it's probably because at the end of our time vacationing, we transitioned more towards this way of really slow pace, not doing very many rides, just kind of soaking it all in and, and just being in our happy place that now I'm projecting that onto other vacationers probably. Yeah. Well, I think what you said too about pace is something that we also mentioned just kind of as a sidebar of being in Florida and living by Disney, the pace everywhere seems to be so much slower. And maybe that plays into it too. Like who is a tourist versus who is a local? Because I think what we've realized in Orlando and in Florida in general, everything goes much slower. Like I really do think there's something like island time and not that this is an island by any means, but people move slowly. So I was very, very shocked by this because coming I've lived in Nashville my entire life before this. Nashville is known for having a very slow, easygoing pace of life. Nothing, obviously, compared to you guys that are in the Northeast, you know, New York, Boston, New Jersey. Chicago. Chicago, Detroit, all those places, L.A., same type of thing. You guys are used to the hustle and bustle and the go, 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 and everybody's in a rush, and some people love that. I like it in healthy doses to a certain extent. And I kind of expected Orlando to be very consistent with Nashville as far as the pace. And it has not been so far. And it's it's nice in some aspects. It's very, very frustrating in some aspects. And this is one of those things that as people have asked us about what it's like living down here, that's probably been the number one thing that we've mentioned especially to our friends who are coming from the faster paced areas is you just, you need to be prepared for this because you can get frustrated very easily. A good example. And the one that I always come back to is that I made an appointment with the exterminator and because bugs, because bugs in Florida, I think I've made three appointments with them. They've missed the window that they told us every single time. You would think maybe it's just that company, but it happens with other people visiting your house or other appointments as well. You can make an appointment to go to the doctor's office. It is There's no sweat off anybody's back to be late. And it's, I don't know, I I still can't pinpoint it because there are so many transplants here from the faster paced areas. If anything, I thought Orlando would be faster than Nashville. But... We thought maybe it was just us for a while and we were just having bad luck. But then we've talked to other people who have confirmed the same thing that for some reason, there's something about this city that things just move slowly. So if you're someone who always runs late, it's a good place to be. If you're someone like us that we try to be early, it can be frustrating if you're not mindful of it. Yeah, I mean, I think now 
it's just causing us to shift our own mindset like, okay, they gave us this window, but it's probably going to be on the back end slash past this window. So it's almost just like preparing yourself for that ahead of time because, of course, you still have to block out the window of time, you know, because heaven forbid they come early or on time. But it's just kind of recognizing even driving around the place and it makes sense because there's a lot of snowbirds and things like that too. Everyone just moves slower. You know, tourists who get lost. We heard that a lot too before we came down. But just even driving, it's just slow. And you just have to be patient with the lights. You have to be patient with waiting in lines. You have to be patient. I'm actually going to disagree with you there. Florida drivers are crazy fast. That's the one part Well. I... It depends on what area you're in. If you're in an area with a lot of retirees, of course, they're going to be very slow. However, three-lane highways, you are at least going 10 over the speed limit, more likely 15 to keep up with the pace of everybody else. You don't drive as much in the city, so I I will give you a pass on that one. Okay. I am the passenger, so fair enough. Yeah, it's just been really strange. And I don't know if it'll keep up. Maybe we're just on a streak of bad luck. But like we said, other people have noticed this as well. I think, and again, it's going to be a good change because I think I would much more appreciate a super slow lifestyle than a very fast one because I feel like I'd just be stressed out all the time. So if this is something that you're looking for, Florida is still definitely the place for you. Of course, the one place this doesn't happen is Disney. Yes. Well, and that's true because like you said, part of Disney. And when you're on vacation, you're trying to squeeze as much as you can into one day. That's why people will literally knock you over to get to things or to get to attractions because they're in a hurry. They want to get there. They want to get it done. They want to keep going. So it makes sense. But I would even say from a, like an operation standpoint, if you compare Disney and Universal, Disney is much more prompt than Universal. As far as like even opening things early or getting, getting ahead of things gate. or yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's very hard to pinpoint and it's hard to match it from our standpoint. I think until we're able to match it, we're going to feel a little weird about it. I think eventually we'll slide in and we'll understand kind of how things work from that standpoint. Yeah, that makes sense. So number two on my list is, and this one was a surprising one for us, but I think from my viewpoint, our merchandise intake has gone up. And the reason why I say that is because since we are here, whenever they release a new, you know, collection, so right now, obviously it's holidays, Halloween, now Christmas, or just any other little something, if we see it, we get that kind of crazed excitement of, oh my gosh, we have to have it. Let's go get it because we can go right this second. And to me, it feels like our merchandise has gone up. Whereas I expected it to, you know, oh, well, since we live here, we don't have to buy everything. But I think since we see it more and we're exposed to it more, and even if, you know, maybe we'll be good and we'll pass it once, well, what about the second or the third time? that we walk by it and we see it. So I don't know. You had a different opinion on this. I just, I don't know if it's gone up or down. I just think it's a lot different. I think scarcity 
gets us really badly. For example, the ink and paint coffee mug. It's my favorite coffee mug in all the cabinets. Would I have bought that if they were everywhere on Disney property? I don't know. However, we we were looking for it for a while. We happened to walk into Hollywood Studios and they had three sitting on the very back of a shelf. And so we grabbed it because of scarcity. It's the same thing. We just went and got this partner statue little piece of art from the Wonderland Gallery in Disney Springs. It was something that I knew about that they made a limited number of. It was supposed to only be Disneyland. Somehow they shipped some to Orlando. We went the same day I found out about it and picked it up. So I don't I don't know. You kind of keep track of that stuff more in your mind about how much we're spending. I you know. You know how I am. <laughs> a little more frivolous out of the two of us. But if you say it's gone up, I believe you. But I just think it's to me, I just think it's been a different way of spending money. Previously we would have bought a lot of clothes, a lot of t shirts. Things like that. Socks. When I was working in an office, I would buy a lot of Disney socks. Now, I don't want to call them tchotchkes, but they're tchotchkes. But they seem to be a lot more meaningful, at least I feel like. I think, yeah. I mean, when we would come on vacation, we would definitely spend a ton because it's like we're here. If we want it, we have to buy it right now kind of thing. And we would come home with all of our purchases. Whereas right now, I mean, it's not like we're buying just tons and tons of stuff every time we go to Disney Springs, but it's more spread out, I guess. And I think just because we have better access to it, it's something that I didn't expect necessarily because I just thought, oh, well, if we're there, you know, why would we be buying so much Disney stuff? But it's almost even like, okay, well, if I'm going to go to the parks three times a week, And it's holiday season. I have to have three different holiday things to wear, which I know is so silly and you don't have to do that. But that's almost like our our thought process. We're like, oh, we have to have holiday masks because, you know, we have to be festive or we have to have holiday this or that or whatever else it might be. And, you know, I think even in that sense, it's changed. You know, now you work from home. So you can wear fun Disney t-shirts every day if you want to. And we already had quite a collection. I need more. Exactly. But you always think you need more because, hey, this is my work clothes now. So it's just kind of that's been a shift in mindset too. It's just like, oh, well, now we're here. We could wear a Disney t-shirt every day. And it's kind of normal. You know, we're not in Tennessee. Everyone here loves Disney, right? I will say our Funko Pop Buying has gone significantly down since we moved here. Well, we're also out of shelves. We're out of shelves or in a much smaller house than we were before. So that plays a factor into it. However, I also think this is going to get probably too philosophical. Funkos, to me, were a way of bringing the stories and the characters to our home that we love so much. Now we see those stories and characters on a regular basis. So I don't feel the need to get all of my favorite characters in a complete set. I still love them, but like, I don't need every single baby Yoda Funko pop that comes out. We have one. He's great. He, we actually he barely have, fits on the shelf. We actually have two. I forgot. Yeah. Um, but it fills the need. 
you know, it used to be, we've got to get all this stuff because we were trying to pack every single ounce of Disney that we could into our lives because we craved it so badly. Do you agree with me? I agree with that. I mean, again, it's kind of, it's up in the air, I guess, as far as if it's gone up or gone down as far as the spending. But I think there is something to be said for being around it a lot more often. And I mean, even like you said, even if it's not necessarily more or less, what we've bought has shifted. I think something that we will probably do differently is that in Tennessee, we bought a lot from small shops because we spent so much time online and and doing that. And we've kind of slowed down on that. And I would rather flip it. I'd rather continue buying from small shops and not as much from Disney. Um, so that's just kind of like a initiative that I want to put out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Black Friday's coming up, so yes, small shop Black Friday. Shameless. No, that's the that's the shop small Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So get more Disney t-shirts. Oh my goodness! The I best that Disney t-shirts next. are from small shops. No, I mean, I completely agree. Those are the ones that you get complimented. You know, like those are the ones that people enjoy seeing because they're fun. Yeah. Okay. So next on my list is kind of along the same as the people of Orlando is that I knew it wasn't going to be everybody was Disney obsessed here. I knew that there were people here who just live normal lives and they... (laughs) They know that Disney and Universal are here, but they don't really obsess over them very much. But we have met a shocking number of people, I think, that have no interest in it at all, which is fine. But I just kind of, I don't know. I've I've been surprised by how many people just don't care at all. Well, I think it's just because, obviously, we moved down here strictly for Disney. And even as we were moving down, you know, so many people in the Orlando area would ask us, oh, what brought you to the area? And sometimes we would say Disney. Sometimes we would say, like, we just need more palm trees, you know, in our lives, whatever it might be. We'd fill it out based on the person. Exactly. And it was almost alarming (laughs) to us that it wasn't just obvious, like, oh, you moved down here because Disney's here. You know, that people were truly asking what brought us here? Well, what else would have brought us here, people? Come on. And I think, yeah, as time has gone on, as we've met more people, I mean, some people, I work with people who we live so close to Disney and they've never been. They've lived here for several years and they have never gone to Disney. And they have a child. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Um, But it's just, I mean, it's crazy to think that it's still part of it is still like what we've seen in Nashville, obviously, where some people love Disney, some people don't. Obviously, the ratio of Disney lovers has gone up being in Orlando, which is fun for us because, you know, there are in the school parking lot, there's several, you know, like Disney license plates, magnets, stickers. And I'm like, oh, these are my people. But there are still some people who just don't care. There's also a point to be made about there's different areas of Orlando have a higher percentage than others. For example, anytime we drive to like Winter Garden, Horizons West, Windermere, there are Disney people everywhere up there. We are on the west side and we 
I think just more people here are just strictly here for work and for the location. And, you know, because it's a little bit more affordable, whatever the reason might be. So I think they're a little fewer and far between, but it is interesting. It's, it's, I think the Disney people here definitely, like if you're a Disney person, you go all out for what you are. Like you, your whole outside of your house is decorated. Your car is decorated. You got the mask, the t-shirts, the purses, the, yeah, I mean, you see it all over. So it's kind of fun to pick out like in the grocery store and Target, like, oh, look at all these Disney people. Versus in Tennessee, if you were to go out like that, you would stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah. So I don't know. It's been really interesting to see because I kind of expected to like meet our neighbors and be like, hey, neighbors, we're going to Epcot. I guess we'll see you there later. And that Not the case. hasn't happened. <laughs> I do think some of them have. We noticed on Halloween we drove by and they had Disney costumes on. So clearly they were Disney people. Mm-hmm. But... Like our next door neighbors, never. They don't I, care. They don't care. No. They have kids. Don't care. It's shocking. They're miss. It's their loss, really. Exa- yeah. What's yeah. next? So the last thing on my list, and then of course at the end we'll get to honorable mentions. But the last thing that I thought was interesting is I am so much more in tune now with just like new offerings, and it could be something minuscule, like a new food item. So again, right now it's the holidays. Typically the holiday foods would excite us. You know, it would be something new or something interesting. But I am like wildly excited about all of these new things. And I think it's just because we're typically creatures of habit. We've said that so many times. It's not even funny that, you know, we would come down for vacation and you basically just make a list of all of your favorite places that you have to hit up. Kind of like what we're doing on the opposite spectrum. Like when when we go back to Nashville here pretty soon, we have our list of favorite places that we have to go to. And that's all we'll do. Whereas now, you know, the tables have turned where like we're really excited for the holiday food to come to Epcot because it's going to give us something new to try or it's going to give us something just a little bit different. And we have like running lists in our phone about all these new things that we want to try out. So I just feel like I'm more in tune with what's happening, what's new, what's changing, you know, what they're going to start offering up, what they're trying out, whatever it might be. And I would never be so in tune with it in Tennessee just because it didn't affect me. It didn't impact me in any way. I can kind of piggyback off of this because it was one of my honorable mentions is that I'm so much more in tune with Disney news. Like we, I follow it religiously almost now, like checking all the different blog sites, checking Twitter just to see everything that's new and changing and, you know, whatever it might be. And it kind of goes along with that. Do you almost feel like in Tennessee that we avoided it because it made us not sad, but it made us miss it even more if there was like a limited time thing that we knew that we weren't going to be able to hit? Quite possibly. And I mean, I think that's part of it is just like if it wasn't going to impact us, like if it wasn't happening during the dates of our planned trip, well, you know, we might watch some stories. We would probably watch some YouTube videos about it um, just to see like what it was like, you know, live vicariously through other people. 
but we definitely didn't keep up with it. We definitely weren't, you know, like truly excited about it. Whereas since I think it does have a bigger impact on how we do the parks or maybe which park reservation we get, you know, it, we're really paying attention to it. And you'll even text me random things like during the day, like, oh, guess what? Look at this. Look at this. So, I mean, we're keeping up with it not only daily, but like throughout the day, which is so funny. We've always said, and it was very clear why we did this when we were in Nashville, of that detour would never be about news, that we want all of our content to be as evergreen as possible. We can't always do that. Sometimes we, like a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Christmas at Disney World this year, but we try to do that. Is the temptation more there now since we can be one of the first people to get a video of something new or take a new picture? Because I don't, I almost have the temptation, but we haven't pulled the trigger on it yet of like jumping into what that world looks like because it is so competitive. Yeah, to me, I still don't see, like, I don't feel tempted to put out that kind of content just because. I prefer to just get it from other people and then just kind of use it, you know, to help me to aid in what I'm planning or what I want to do, you know, after school or whatever it might be. You know, I don't know if I want to get into the news area of things just because it is a little intimidating. That's something that we've always been very honest about is that it intimidates us, but also just because I don't know if I would enjoy talking about news as much as I would enjoy talking about the storytelling about like the things that they're changing. You know, that's what interests me most. So I'd say I consume a lot more news, but I don't know if I'm tempted to do that. Even though we're close, I just don't think that's what I want to do. Fair. My last one on my list, and then we'll get to honorable mentions is that When you come here on vacation, it is so easy to get caught in the Disney bubble. And I kind of expected when we moved down here that we would just kind of, our house would be an extension of that bubble. And don't get me wrong, most times when we turn the key in the car, we are leaving to go to Disney property. I mean, that's just, we wear a track in that, (laughs) in that route. That's just how things work out for us. However... Orlando as a city has so many offerings that it will take us years to do all of the different things that this city has to offer. And to me, what's been really, really surprising is that, of course, there's always things tourism driven, that they're trying to pull people from Disney and from Universal to come visit, you know, things like Gaylord Palms, their target people right now they're doing a Christmas offering showing you different scenes from Christmas movies. I would imagine their target person is a vacationer who has an afternoon off, but there's also a lot more things in Orlando that are local driven that I never expected. Tons of farmers markets, tons of little weekend pop-up things that you can go to that Sure, tourists can go, but they are much more about the locals. And right now, of course, the the whole community is banded together around cast members. 
And there's a much more community-driven side of Orlando than I ever realized. Yeah, I mean, it's just really refreshing because that's kind of the stuff that we were used to, you know, in our towns around Nashville is, you know, little um, like holiday things, you know, where they decorate Christmas trees or little holiday booths and um, like you said, like pop-up shops for whatever it might be. And they've done a lot of that recently around our area, which is super cool to see. Uh, And we don't always make it out to them, but it's nice to know that that same aspect of like small town living, you can still find it living in such a a busy place like Orlando, which is pretty cool. And that's not even to mention the restaurants. Oh my gosh, no. We've talked about the restaurants. They're all amazing. We have a running list. Food is a common denominator here. We have a common, a continuous running list of food places that we want to try. And I know we've mentioned TikTok quite a few times to you guys. We've beaten it into your head. I love TikTok. Food recommendations are such an underrated aspect of TikTok. It's one of the best places that we find new restaurants to eat at in Orlando. Little hole in the walls, new places, all local, which is so cool. And it's it's a fun like map when we map out our weekends. Like, where can we go? What will we be close to? So my last tip about TikTok, and then I promise I'll stop <laughs> beating into everyone's head, is that it is just like every other platform where the algorithm learns what you are interested in. So yes, when you first open it, you're going to see some very, very cringeworthy material. But the more that you tell it that you're not interested in that and you swipe through it and you do spend more time on the Orlando food TikTok areas or the Disney TikTok areas, that's pretty much all it's going to show you over time. Which is pretty much all you see now. And dogs. (laughs) I see a lot of dogs. (laughs) And of course, dogs. Always dogs. But I think so playing on to what you just said, the other thing that we've realized just recently and especially this past weekend is not only have we loved experiencing new things about Orlando, since obviously that's our new home, but we've also really loved being able to now take advantage of just our new geographic location. You know, we kind of wore out a lot of our favorite vacation spots in Tennessee, you know, going to Gatlinburg, going to Atlanta, St. Louis, you know, any of those kind of like day, weekend trips, Knoxville, Memphis, whatever it might be. And now it's like we have a whole new area to explore. So this weekend we started finally talking about like, you know, maybe we could try going to St. Augustine or Tampa or, you know, we just went to Savannah, which was super cool. And that was a pretty short drive. Daytona has some really cool things for Christmas that we want to check out. And it's just like all of these new things have slowly started flooding into what we're excited for about Orlando. Things that past Disney, you know, we couldn't see past Disney for a long time because that's why we're here. But now we're starting to see past Disney and look at, you know, just other cool things that we can experience. Yeah, I mean, I and even within Orlando, there's so much that we have to do. There's all those natural springs with the crystal blue water that we never even knew existed. There's places you can go kayaking with manatees. I mean, there's just endless opportunities that now that we're in this new area, it's it's so refreshing. We did 
this also this is also a mindset thing for us. We got too comfortable in Nashville just because we lived there in our entire lives. There were tons of things that were offered that we just didn't do because we were just stuck in our routines. And I think this has this move has challenged us to continue searching out those new things and continue experiencing new things and getting to know our city and and just going at it from that standpoint. Yeah, not to be so stuck in a rut. So what are some of your honorable mentions? So in all fairness, Brennan told me not to mention this on the podcast because he didn't think it was interesting. I think it's a revelation, so I had to mention it. But sand is not just at the beach. It is literally everywhere in Florida. I went out to the playground with my kids the other day, and there was just a pile of sand sitting there in front of the soccer goals. Nobody put it there. It was just there. It's like we're at the beach constantly. There's always sand in my shoes. There's always sand on the stairs. When we go up the stairs back to the classroom, there's sand everywhere. There's sand in our backyard right now, Brendan. It's a different type of sand than that's a, than that than is at the beach though. Mm-hmm. I think all sand is created equally. No, it's not nearly as bad. It's not as cakey as you get at the beach. But it's sand. And there is a lot of sand. So it's just like the bugs. I didn't expect the bugs, and I did not also expect sand to be all over the state of Florida. And that might sound silly, but I think it was worth mentioning. Okay. Glad anybody knows now that sand is everywhere in Florida. Everywhere. Very worthwhile mentioning that. Um, I don't know. I, I think... That might have been it. I I piggybacked all of my honorable mentions onto some of our other points. I know. I did too, honestly. I mean, the weather, I feel like we already mentioned that. But I I catch myself paying more attention to the weather than I ever thought I would. Not just because it rains a lot, but also because I feel like now that we've lived here, we notice smaller temperature decreases a lot more, which sounds silly, but it's not to us. I think now that we lived through the July summers where it was 100 degrees all the time, like 80 degrees, 70 degrees feels so different because we got so used to just being miserably hot all the time. So I catch myself watching the Weather Channel more, (laughs) which is entertaining, but that's really it. Knock on wood, we did not really get anything for hurricane season this year. No, we got very lucky. Um, so we'll see what future years look like that. I guess we're not out of the woods yet, but we should be at the tail end now. We should be good to go. And so I think the next thing that probably we will recap for a, from a moving diary standpoint will be after the holidays. We're going to recap how that was traveling back home. We are how doing strange. That's going to be. Yeah. We are doing Thanksgiving here in Orlando. Of course, COVID throws a wrench into everything and how things play out because you got to, you know, make sure everything's safe. With the, the last thing we want to do is carry anything back, of course. So um, it'll all play into it. And so that, if I had to guess, that's going to be the next thing that we talk about in these moving series. Last thing I wanted to hit on before we end this episode, we'll probably talk about it in the future as well. But it is relevant for today at the time of this recording. Joe Rohde announced his retirement. 
Catherine did cry when she read his Instagram post with his farewell message. I teared up a few times and had to stop. Got choked up a little bit. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting it either. I just didn't know if you had a few thoughts or anything about it. He is your favorite Imagineer. Uh, You're a Joe Rohde person. I'm a Tony Baxter person. However, I think dip down, I might be a Joe Rohde person too. I try to just be contrarian to you Mm -hmm. so that we have varying opinions. (laughs) I, I put this on Instagram. I'm curious on what you think about, do you think a single third party person, someone that we don't know, has had a bigger impact on us and our interests and the things that we like to enjoy than Joe Rody. Hmm. I mean, that's a good question. I would have to say no, just because I feel like in this moment, Joe Rody is all I can think about. Um, but I think just his dedication to detail and telling a story and being consistent is something that we've always really ad- admired about him and something that we've always really appreciated. I mean, just his eye for things, his appreciation for things that other people don't appreciate, you know, like a ladder. And if you haven't listened to the ladder story, you need to seriously go back and listen to our episode about Expedition Everest because it's a great story. Um, But I just think, you know, he has enhanced the way that we feel about storytelling. So I feel like to us, since, you know, that's a big part of what we talk about on our podcast, you know, that has been pretty influential. And I think without things like the Imagineering story and without other, you know, things that have kind of allowed us to learn more about him, you know, I don't know if we'd feel the same way. What's your favorite project that he worked on? You can't say Animal Kingdom as a whole. I mean, Expedition Everest. You know what I'm going to say? What? Unpopular opinion, probably. Mission Breakout. Ah, okay. I'm not saying that's his best work. I'm just saying it's one that I appreciate the most. Yeah. From reading Guardians of the Galaxy comics to watching that movie, which is my favorite like subset in the MCU, just seeing all that come to life and the detail there is just unbelievable. I mean, that's the thing. His attention to detail, I think, in my opinion, and I'm quite biased, is unmatched. Completely unmatched. So we thank him for all of his accomplishments. He's a big listener of the show. So thank you, Joe. (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of posts of, of appreciating him. And I think for me, it's just really important to see how his impact is so widespread. And this is also a really great time to continue learning about his uh, contributions because there's a lot of stuff that we don't even understand the full story of how this came to life and how the stories that are being told. And I think to me, what's the coolest thing about Imagineering is these stories will be told for generations and generations. We will take our grandkids to things that Joe Rody did. Which okay, you have to stop now because I can't cry on the podcast. <laughs> but I hope, I hope he gets his own thing on Disney Plus. He should do like a walking tour of everything that he's done. 
That would be incredible. It'd be like 25 episodes, two hours long each. And I would watch every single one of them. All right. Well, I just wanted to hit on that. Because a lot of people have asked how you're feeling. Definitely emotional. <laughs> I think, no. I mean, it's a good thing. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he saw an opportunity to retire and he's taking it. Because I think that's important. He's obviously worked hard for 40 years. If anyone deserves to retire, it's Joe Rody. And, you know, I think he left on a high note. I think, you know, from his standpoint, he accomplished what he wanted to. And, you know, go live your next dream, Joe Rody. Bold opinion. This is not the last time we see Joe Rody. I I bet you're right. It's it's Joe freaking Rody. He loves storytelling too much to leave the best storytelling company that has ever been. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening. We are going to take the rest of Thanksgiving week off, but we will be back next Monday. I know I've said that before. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a hunch and we'll get an episode idea and, and sit down and record it. However, we hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and have a safe Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you have any feedback, please feel free to always reach out to us. If you have not already, if you got any kind of entertainment or information out of this episode, we would really appreciate an iTunes review. It's absolutely the best way to help out the show. So if you just go down there, press write review, give us five stars if you think that we deserve it, write something that we can read on air in the future as well. We would really appreciate that. So I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.